We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Vandal Insider Podcast, presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. Get the latest information on University of Idaho athletics you won't find anywhere else with the Vandal Insider Podcast. From in-depth conversations to game previews, the Vandal Insider is every fan source for all things Idaho athletics. Now, here is your host, Chris Keene. Another Saturday, another good outcome for the Vandal football team. Idaho moving up to number three in the top 25 rankings. And we've got another packed episode of the Vandal Insider podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Vandal Insider. A little preview of what's to come on this episode. Well, next up for the Vandal football team, they will head to beautiful San Luis Obispo Saturday, 5 o'clock kickoff for the game against Cal Poly. We will talk with Chris Sylvester, the broadcaster for Cal Poly, and, and get a preview from the Mustang uh, Mustang side of things for this game coming up on Saturday. Get uh, a little idea of what's to come for the Vandals. And then from there, Logan Floyd, who was such an outstanding member of the Vandals, an anchor on the offensive line uh, for so many years, uh, exhausted his eligibility last year, but now he's back in Moscow as the assistant director of ticket sales and marketing. He'll join us. And always great to get the offensive line perspective after there's a game when the Vandals get five rushing touchdowns from Anthony Woods. They have over are two players with over 100 yards rushing and both Anthony Woods and Nick Romano 363 total rushing yards in that last game in those last two games the Vandals just able to put the clamps down on Sac State 
uh, thanks to the offensive line and the rushing attack at the end of the victory over the Hornets. And the rushing attack is so vital in the victory over Eastern Washington. Well, before we uh, jump in any further, first, we'd like to give a big thank you to our presenting sponsor of the Vandal Insider Podcast, Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. As the Vandals team physician, orthopedic surgeon Dr. Kyle Hazelwood cares for elite athletes, weekend warriors, and everyone in between. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. And now we're excited to chat with about that victory last week and what's to come for the Vandals. Chris Hammond from the VSF. Chris, you were there on the red turf in Cheney on Saturday, a spot that hasn't been too kind to the Vandals since rejoining the big sky, but Idaho notching another top 25 victory, 44 to 36, a hard fought win over Eastern Washington. What were your takeaways from that game Saturday? It was a fun, fun game. It was cool to see how much, Vandal Nation and the Vandal family came out. I mean, we had like three or four different cheering sections in that stadium. Uh, I would say probably upwards of maybe a thousand Vandals made the trip, which was really cool to see uh, in that stadium. And man, as far as a game goes, starting out for the trick play, goes for big yards, one trip up away from starting the game with a touchdown. I mean, it, it was so fun to watch. And, you know, it was, it, you mentioned Logan Floyd. He was on the sideline. There was another, a bunch of star stud. You had Bobby Cowan up in the booth for the Where Are They Now segment. He was down there. You had Mike Marbo, former Vandal Center, down there as well. So a star studded sideline is two, which always adds to the atmosphere. Um, it was so much fun. I, I think the team, you you think about, wow, this game is kind of close, eight points. A really impressive performance for us again. We only had to send the punt team out one time. I mean, if you look at our drive chart, it's, Touchdown, putt, INT, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. So, and touchdown, and then the end of the game. So, I mean, we really, it felt like we had some hiccups on offense, but in the grand scheme of things, we did very, very well on offense. I think it just goes to show kind of the grit that Eastern Washington had to kind of hang in there. And I just think it was a master class of coaching by us. I mean, you go into this game, everybody goes McCoy, uh, Hatton, J.J., trainer it's going to be those three we're going to air it out we're going to try to out aerial assault eastern washington instead you get kind of a a rewind of sorts where eastern was in the same spot as idaho back in those 2021 spring season games where we had zach borish running the ball eastern kind of took that very effect to us and had the similar results where they kind of caught the vandal defense by surprise where we were expecting you know kikoa to throw the ball around in this aerial assault and instead our offense was like they have a pretty um, lower-tier rush defense. Let's just pound the rock all day. Uh, it was nice to see the wide receivers didn't look frustrated. They were looked happy to block. McCoy looked happy to hand the ball off, which sometimes you don't see that in teams, but that's what makes this team a championship-caliber team is everyone played their roles, everyone knew the game plan, and nobody complained about it, and we were able to rack up 300-plus yards on the ground against Eastern Washington, and really just kind of grind them out and withhold the the storm that was their comeback. But all in all, it, it felt pretty in hand for a lot of the game. It, it was a weird game to be a part of, but so proud of Idaho, um, the whole team, whole team. 
363 rushing yards for the team between Anthony Woods and Nick Romano doing a fantastic job. As you alluded to, I was really a wrinkle before the game. Keikoa Visperis has been doing a really great job as the, the starting quarterback for Eastern Washington, but the Eagles, uh, understandably so, uh, keeping that under wraps that he wasn't going to be available. And so it was a combination of Jared Taylor, their backup, and Michael Wortham, who they line up all over the place. And uh, they had some success running the ball, but uh, you know, not necessarily what the Vandals were were thinking was going to happen in that game. They were getting ready for Keikoa Visperis. So I credit to those guys, and I just tip my hat to Eastern Washington, they had a down year last year. Kind of the question was this year, how would they bounce back if that was going to be none of the the trend for them or if they were going to have a big bounce back year after having year after year of so much success. And, you know, I think for the Vandal perspective, they can go wreck havoc throughout the rest of the big sky after the Vandals uh, got that win over them. They're going to be a tough out for teams uh, throughout the conference. And uh, you touch on some of those big performers. Well, Anthony Woods, five touchdowns. He's a special player. I don't think there is any doubt about that anymore. He is someone the coaching staff raved about going into last year. We saw what he could do last year as a freshman, a freshman All-American. He had three rushing touchdowns last year. Here he is with five in this game. Anthony Woods, no surprise, being named the Big Sky Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, I know some outlets have him as the national FCS player of the week. Uh, It's just, he deserves all the praise he could get. I would put what he did up against anyone across the FCS this last week. And I I know there are a lot of, uh, you know, outstanding performances, but again, uh, I think when you consider it was a top 25 matchup, when you consider how close the game was, what this means for the Vandals now four and one overall two and zero in the big sky. uh, He had a phenomenal performance and he was not the only player to receive recognition from the Big Sky Conference is Jermaine Jackson received special teams player of the week honors and he had that electric kickoff return which really helped because the Vandals were down at one point in the second half and then rattled off 23 unanswered points and that kickoff return was a huge boost for Idaho so always great to see Vandals get recognition and those two guys certainly very worthy that that kick return was so funny um we were down on the far end of the field there next to the Bud Light zone or whatever it was for Eastern Washington. And uh, there's a little kid, probably about nine, 10 years old, who goes, hey, dad, I think we're going to return this one to the house. And everyone kind of looks at him like, OK, kicks it off. And he goes, I bet you he runs right by us. Sure enough, Jermaine Jackson makes that cut, comes right down that sideline that you just saw that kid's face. I mean. Man, I, I wish he, he could have given Jermaine a high five because he was literally called that play about only what we went got down to about the six yard line. He almost absolutely nailed it, and we told the kid, "All right, we need to keep you need to keep giving predictions because you're one for one right now." And he said, "I think we score on this drive," and we did. So, uh, whoever that kid was, uh, he's got a future uh, Tony Romo in him and predicting how plays are going to happen. JJ making those uh, making those dreams, making those predictions uh, come true. And with that, it was a pretty wacky day across the FCS, but really uh, all positive for Idaho, I would mostly say. So the Vandals now moving up to number three in the rankings. The biggest uh, surprise or the biggest notable outcome across the landscape was North Dakota State, the big bully in the FCS. The Bison losing at home to South Dakota. So they were number two. They take a tumble. Number five, William Mary loses. Number six, Holy Cross loses. Number 12, North Dakota loses. Number 14, New Hampshire loses. Number 16, Villanova loses. Idaho beats number 19, Eastern Washington. But uh, obviously uh, a strong performance from Eastern. They were going up against a, a top 
five ranked Idaho team, and then uh, number 23 Youngstown State losing as well. So with that, the only teams ahead of Idaho now, South Dakota State, the defending champions at number one, and Montana State at number two. Uh, A good reminder here, and I'm sure we can touch on this with Logan Floyd, get those tickets. And we're not looking too far ahead, uh, not trying to turn past Cal Poly or, of course, the Montana game, which is going to be such a a big day in Moscow coming up uh, in less than two weeks from now. But uh, Montana State will come to town October 28th. If you don't have your tickets to any of these three remaining home games, snag those now. The Vandals, uh, it's just going to be so great to have all the fans in the Dome and to just get every ounce of that home field advantage for what are going to be three crucial matchups still to come at the P1FCU Kibbe Dome this year. Yeah, and I know personally because uh, you know buying our tickets has a VSF contribution portion. Uh, I know that there have been a lot of addresses from the state of Montana buying tickets. So I think both Montana and Montana State games, you know, we need the Vandals to show up. We can't have it be like it was in Eastern Washington where they have a really strong contingent and it can feel like home field advantage. I mean, we were able to get the Idaho Vandals going at that game across the field. And we can't be having people do Montana Grizzlies in the Kibbe Dome. So Vandals have got to find a way to get up there. I know Eck keeps preaching it, but whether it's a campground, staying in Spokane, staying in Lewiston, staying in Coeur d'Alene. I mean, we need people up there. Um, I mean, there's two great casinos. You can stay at three great casinos in the area. Um, so there's room. It's just you might not be in Moscow, but, I mean, we're going to need people because those Montana, Montana State, and Cal Poly coming up are huge, huge games for us. But especially, like you said, those home games. And even Idaho State, you touched on it. Uh, you know, they gave Montana a run for their money this year. So we're going to need people in November because uh, we don't want the Bengals coming up and getting us either. So we got three home games left, and we really need the Vandal family to, to come through, get up there, and support this team because I think we got something special brewing this season. Yeah, no doubt about it. So what's up next for the Vandals? They will make their way down for a game against Cal Poly on Saturday. Kickoff at 5 o'clock Pacific time. Trent Cowan and myself will have all the coverage on the Vandal Radio Network starting an hour prior. And uh, not only are we on the Vandal Radio Network, you can look at the game notes. We have the full map across the state of of all our great radio affiliates. But uh, you can listen on the Varsity Network app. It is for free. Uh, You can listen to so much college football uh, on the Varsity Network app. Download that, stream the game for free. You can also stream it at GoVandals.com for free. So a lot of great options to uh, to follow along. So Cal Poly, the next opponent, they just lost to a top 25 team in UC Davis, 31-13. to They're 2-3 and three on the year, 0-2 in the big sky. Their victories over San Diego and then also Lincoln, a non-Division One opponent. And their losses to San Jose State, that was a big day for the Spartans, 59-3, to the victory for San Jose State. And then Cal Poly fell to Portland State 59-21 to back on September 23rd. So this game for Idaho, no road game is easy when it comes to conference play. Some familiar names, at least one, Paul Wolf, uh, no stranger to the Palouse, is in his first year as the head coach. He had been on the staff uh, with Bo Baldwin. Bo Baldwin leaving to take a job as the offensive coordinator at Arizona State. Paul Wolf getting promoted. And then Sam Heward, uh, a big-time recruit, Spent time at the University of Washington, and I know that certainly made waves as far as uh, FBS to FCS transfers when he joined Cal Poly over the offseason. So they're looking for a signature win. They're looking for their first conference victory. And again, nothing comes easy, especially on the roads. The Vandals uh, will have their work cut out for them Saturday, but another great opportunity for Idaho to keep things rolling as the number three team in the nation. 
Uh, and you nailed it. You know, Cal Poly having a probably a predicted start to the season. There was a lot of rebuilding that still needed to be done there, but you just can't sleep on these guys because of Sam Heward. I mean, I know we've had Elite 11 quarterbacks transfer into the big sky before, but this guy is different. He's a f- former five-star. That's never happened in the recent history of the big sky. Um, you touched on it. The only reason they really got him is uh, Paul Wolf, when he took the job, hired Sam Heward's old you know, coach from Kennedy Catholic. So he liked the offense, thought he had a good shot to go to Cal Poly and make some noise. I mean, when we put this in perspective, he was the third highest rated quarterback in his class behind guys like Quinn Ewers, Caleb Williams, big names competing for the Heisman right now. He's actually was ahead of Drake May at North Carolina. And those are three guys that are in the Heisman conversation in the FBS this year. Uh, obviously, Washington has Michael Penix Jr. also in that, which is why I think Sam decided to transfer knowing he wasn't going to get the playing time this year. But, I mean, he has the ability. He has the intangibles. He's familiar with the offense. It's just getting them gelling and clicking, and I just hope that they don't gel and click this week against us. Uh, we have a very good defense. Um, uh, I think we're going to be able to keep them in check. But, you know, like I said, we can't we can't be looking past Cal Poly. If uh, we play sloppy, Cal Poly might be able to take advantage of us. But uh, on paper, it's basically if we can contain Sam Heward in that, that passing offense, uh, we should be all right. Now, we say all this about Sam Heward, and this is such a, a big part of Cal Poly, and certainly it's the flashy name, but it's worth passing along. It's up in the air as to whether or not the Vandals will see him, and that Heward name obviously carries a lot of weight in football, a college football in the Pacific Northwest. Dad Damon, the star at the University of Washington, played in the NFL. Uncle Brock, star at the University of Washington, played in the NFL. But he did not suit up. Uh, in the game against UC Davis last week, he exited the game against Portland State. Uh, the reports are he had a concussion in that game, and it sounded like Paul Wolf said afterwards he's hopeful he'll be able to return for the uh, the game Saturday against Idaho. So we'll see. Most importantly, uh, we just hope that uh, Sam Heward's uh, okay and uh, back on the field soon because you want to have the the chance to take on the best and beat the best, and certainly everyone's uh, health and, and making sure they're okay is the most important thing. So that'll be something uh, that we will keep an eye on when it comes comes to the build-up to Saturday and Saturday as well as far as who will be at quarterback for Cal Poly in this game. So the Vandals heading down to California. Chris, uh, that will do it for this week. Here we are, a couple of great guests coming up. We'll have more on the Cal Poly uh, Mustangs with Chris Sylvester, who's uh, broadcasted their games for many, many years. And then uh, Logan Floyd going to stop by as well. We look forward to chatting with him. Any any final thoughts before we uh, we move on to our conversations for this week? I'm just jealous that you'll be down there in beautiful San Luis Obispo. Have fun and uh, excited to see this this win streak continue. Well, the Vandal Insider Podcast is presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. As the Vandal's team physician, orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kyle Hazelwood cares for elite athletes, weekend warriors, and everyone in between. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. Now time for our conversation with Chris Sylvester, longtime broadcaster for Cal Poly. He will be on the ESPN Plus call of Saturday's game between the Vandals and the Mustangs. Here is our chat with Chris Sylvester. 
Well, Chris, we really appreciate the time chatting here and looking forward to heading down for the Vandals matchup with Cal Poly. You'll be on the TV call. You have covered Cal Poly for years and years and years. Uh, what would you say the big storylines from the Cal Poly perspective are entering this game? Well, Chris, appreciate you having me on. Looking forward to see you guys this weekend here on the uh, Central Coast. It's been a while since Idaho's uh, been out here for football. I know you guys were here for, for men's basketball. Um, just last Thanksgiving or so, but I, I still think the big storyline is is kind of bringing in this new era of Cal Poly football. And, and you look at the head coach position, Paul Wolf, who of course kind of made a name for himself up on the Palouse and at Eastern Washington previously. He he gets elevated from the offensive line coach spot to head coach after Bo Baldwin left late last year to take the offensive coordinator position at, at Arizona State. And I think Cal Poly uh, kind of took the big guy headlines by storm this offseason when they landed uh, the former five-star recruit Sam Heward who of course you know his father Damon the Super Bowl champion quarterback uh, Uncle Brock what uh, was a terrific quarterback at, up at Washington as well and I mean goodness I mean you look at what, what the Washington Huskies have done with Michael Penix who, who might be the Heisman frontrunner at this juncture of the college football season and Sam Heward didn't want to sit behind him again and so Paul Wolf hires Sam Heward's Kennedy Catholic High School head coach Sheldon Cross, who uh, for three years was an offensive coordinator in the mid-2010s at Idaho State. And that pretty much sealed the deal to bring Sam to San Luis Obispo um, against the non-D1. A few weeks ago, he broke the, uh, or tied the single-game touchdown uh, record at Cal Poly with six of them against Lincoln. But, uh, you know, obviously Cal Poly's first two Big Sky games haven't gone according to plan. Sam didn't even play in this most recent one against UC Davis. The hope is to get him back for this weekend's game against Idaho. And there's still a lot of growing pains for this program. Uh, you remember at the last time Cal Poly uh, went to the Kibbe Dome, they were running the, the triple option offense, the offense that you see Army, Navy, and Air Force run. And obviously that was always tough to prepare for on the other side. But you know, the fans around here kind of grew tired of it, and understandably so. I mean, you want to see the big pass plays. You want to see the home run balls. And, um, you know, the Cal Poly's triple option attack had kind of stalled towards the end of the Tim Walsh era. He retires at the end of 2019. And Cal Poly, they've, they've been trying to find their footing ever since then. Two and three right now, you know, two wins, one against the Pioneer Football League team, the other against the non-D1. So, look, obviously a tremendous uphill climb with Vandals coming to town this weekend, but, but they still feel like, you know, even if this isn't an FCS playoff season, this can still be kind of a step in, in a direction to, to maybe get them back there as soon as next year. I think you're exactly right when you said that uh, Cal Poly stole a lot of the headlines, not only across the big sky, but across the FCS by landing Sam Heward. As you touched on, he was not playing last week. Uh, we'll see if he uh, is available against the Vandals this week. But when he's been out there, uh, how has he looked in a Cal Poly uniform? I mean, look, I mean, this guy, uh, you know, two years at Washington, he started one game. It was interestingly enough, it was an Apple Cup game. A couple years ago, you know, Jimmy Lake's final season as the Washington head coach before they brought in Kalen DeBoer. Um, you know, Sam hasn't really seen real reps in game action since 2019. You know, the pandemic shut down much of his senior season, and he only played a handful of games at Washington. And, and like I said, only one start. So, you know, you, you see the flashes of, you know, 
this guy being a five-star quarterback coming out of high school, there's some throws you just haven't seen um, like at the FCS level and especially Cal Poly in recent memory. But you can still kind of tell that he's working out the kinks. He's had some turnover issues with fumbles and, and throwing interceptions in the games he's played. And, you know, for Cal Poly, I, I think the big thing is uh, establishing some sort of running game. They haven't crossed 100 yards rushing yet this year. Um, I don't even know if they cleared, you know, 15 last game against Davis. And, you know, those can be skewed a little bit, right? Because Cal Poly had some bad snaps where they you know, went backwards 15, 20 yards and sacks count against your rushing total in college football. But Cal Poly hasn't really been able to find much of a running game. So, you know, defenses have kind of looked at them as one dimensional. And so I think if you look at the numbers for Heward, some of them good, some of them not so good, but it's hard to put the blame on him if the offense isn't having a good day because when you know the defense knows what's coming uh, and, and you have to try to beat that, it, it's almost an impossible task, especially in a conference like the Big Sky. So I know th- this offense, they're, they're eager to prove a little bit more. They've been dinged up with some injuries. Obviously not having Sam last week didn't help. Uh, he, he went out of the game first half against Portland State the week prior in the Big Sky opener. So jury's still out. But I think he's got a chance to kind of close strong in these final couple of months. And as far as when Sam isn't available, Bo Kelly mostly seeing the action for Cal Poly last week in the loss to UC Davis. Uh, How would you describe just the the backup quarterback situation if it comes to that again this week? Yeah, you know, Bo Kelly saw a little bit of time, you know, towards the end of the season last year, was able to, you know, stay within the four-game umbrella to, to preserve his eligibility. I mean... Bo Baldwin, when he was here, was really excited about the addition of Bo Kelly, not just because they you know, shared the same first name, but this guy was a, just an outstanding get coming out of Southern California, uh, had a terrific high school career, and, and you could just tell how much better he is this year than last year. Uh, Jaden Jones was actually Cal Poly's starter the first three games of, of last season, and he saw a little bit of time last week at home against Davis, uh, he had been dealing with some off the field stuff himself. And that's probably why Bo Kelly got the nod ahead of him. But you might remember, you know, Jaden Jones was the big sky offensive player of the week last season after a, a big performance uh, week two here against San Diego. So, you know, the hope is to, to get him some more reps in practice this week. If Sam Heward is not a go, he's got that dual threat escapability. And I think the biggest challenge for Cal Poly since moving away from the triple option offense has been getting uh, big enough, strong enough, physical enough offensive linemen into this program uh, to to help set up a running game and help give some more protection to the quarterbacks. And, you know, when you're running a triple option offense and you're running, you know, 90, 95% of the time, you don't need big 6'5", 320-pound linemen. You you have traditionally smaller linemen that will dive at the the linemen on the other side to, to block for the running backs and the fullback dives and, quarterback option runs and all that stuff so I think as Cal Poly tries to grow into this new era of football it's it's still going to take a little more time but I think guys like Bo Kelly and Jaden Jones um, here in the near future if Hubert is unable to go this week or in future weeks I, I think they'll have a better showing than they did against Davis. As broadcasters, we love to get in the weeds, and I know if someone asks me about the Idaho Vandals, uh, there there's a handful of great stories that we maybe get a, a couple of chances to tell on the air, but they're, they're really fun to pass along and kind of add to the flavor of the team. If I, if, I, if I ask you that, is there a favorite story or two, whether it's uh, about someone's background or about the team itself, when it comes to just uh, uh, 
describing this Cal Poly team this year? A- anything that comes to mind? Well, obviously, you know, as mentioned, you know, the Sam Heward stuff uh, has been a, a really big deal. Um, you know, kind of looking at some some other positions, Mark Biggins, who's who's gotten a good chunk of carries. I mean, he's in his fifth season with the program. He's played under three different head coaches here. Um, Evan Burkhart's a nice story. Kind of touchdown last week. Has a couple touchdown catches this year. He he was a walk on previously at Arizona State. Tarleton Brown uh, spent the last couple seasons at Nevada. Um, a local kid from from a nearby high school here in San Luis Obispo uh, had a big 87 yard catch uh, in the season opener. And then you kind of look at the other side of the ball. Ethan Calvert, transfer from Utah, comes in. He, he's been towards the top of the team lead in tackles here so far. Older brother Bo Calvert was a, a terrific linebacker at, at UCLA. And so you know, for Cal Poly, they're still pretty young on, on defense, and, and they've got some young pieces uh, with some of the injuries they're dealing with on the offensive side of things. And, um, you know, regardless of, of how this weekend shakes out, I think it, it's imperative for Cal Poly to feel like they put forth a better effort than they did their first two big sky games because they, they just weren't all that competitive. And, and you know, we, we won't get the live line until Saturday, but um, the chances are Idaho is going to be a big favorite in this game. Right? Cal Poly, they don't want the moral victories at this juncture. Uh, they're certainly frustrated with, with how this first month and change has played out, but I mean, going to, to Montana State after hosting you guys this weekend uh, is no easier. I mean, as you know, in this conference, there there are hardly any soft spots in the schedule. So, um, you know, this this group is, is you know, the optimism around here is, is quite honestly kind of dwindled since the start of the season. But, hey, I mean, you, you can garner all that back and then some if you put forth a good effort and feel good about things against the, the top five FCS team this weekend. I'd say there's been not just one, but two times from uh, across the FCS, across the big sky, that uh, Cal Poly has, has gotten everyone's attention the last year or so. Uh, another time was when it was announced about the John Madden Football Center, a $30 million football center for the program. Uh, what can you tell us on, on what that will mean for Cal Poly and how that's coming along? Yeah, I mean, the John Madden Football Center is just going to be a state-of-the-art facility. You'll see the construction behind the south end zone. This weekend, uh, haven't made a ton of progress on it yet. I mean, last we heard from the administration, they're hoping to have it open by the start of the 24 football season. That's obviously an aggressive timeline. But John Madden, um, such a big part of the football history here at, at Cal Poly. And a lot of Cal States that had the college football in the 80s and the 90s that wound up dropping college football. And you look around the, the Big West Conference where Cal Poly is pretty much affiliated with with just about every other sport and, and really just, just Davis and Cal Poly kind of left standing from that group, you know, Santa Barbara and Long Beach state and Cal state Fullerton at times had football programs as well. So um, for Cal Poly, they're hoping that this, this state of the art facility, $40 million is, is going to be enough to kind of help them in recruiting battles and, and help them, you know, become more competitive um, as they had been not all that long ago in the big sky i mean it's it's going to have everything from weight room to coaches rooms to locker rooms and it's just it's going to go behind one of the end zones and it's it's going to be very unique um not only in the big sky but just among fcs football programs and so um there's a bunch of renderings of it online we'll see how it actually looks when it you know erects hopefully late next year but uh, obviously you know cal poly is hoping that that can help them make some strides off the field in recruiting and and help the prowess of this program get back towards the top 
of this conference. Well, that is certainly a major uh, commitment to football and a major commitment to athletics there. Uh, Chris, it is so great chatting with you. It's always a pleasure when our paths get across. I know for hoops recently and then uh, even for football, we got to chat the last time the Cal Poly and visit uh, when you guys were up on the Palouse. So it's uh, it's always a blast to be able to talk. Thanks so much for the time today and uh, look forward to seeing you for the game on Saturday. Yeah, likewise, Chris. Safe travels. Up next, our interview with former outstanding offensive lineman for the Vandal football team, Logan Floyd, really the anchor of the offensive line for the last couple of years, but wrapped up his Vandal career last year on the field, but now back in Moscow working for the athletic department. We're looking forward to that interview coming up. First, a reminder that today's Vandal Insider podcast is presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. When he's not caring for the Vandals, his team physician, orthopedic surgeon Dr. Kyle Hazelwood provides the same MVP orthopedic care to our entire region. At Inland Orthopedics, our team is your team. Well, you know him most recently as a Vandal football player. He is now the assistant director of ticket sales and marketing for Idaho Athletics. Here is our interview with Logan Floyd. Well, we're now excited to talk to no stranger to Vandal fans, no stranger to the Kibbe Dome, and a guy that you'll be seeing around the Kibbe Dome once again, Logan Floyd, such a great Vandal from 2018 through 2022, so wrapped up his Vandal career last year, but uh, we'll start right here, Logan. Uh, your Vandal career in an Idaho uniform is now in the rearview mirror, but your Vandal career helping out Vandal athletics is kind of just starting. Can you tell us uh, what your new venture is in Moscow? Yeah, so uh, I accepted a job about six weeks ago, or longer, eight, about eight weeks ago, started six weeks ago, um, as the new assistant director of ticket sales and marketing. I uh, work a lot with customer service, you know, kind of helping out the fan base and reaching out to the community and trying to get trying to get fans in the in the seats for you know football, uh, basketball, soccer, volleyball, that kind of stuff. Um, so it's it's a little weird being on the opposite side of things, but honestly, it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, working with ad admin and stuff like that, and you know, still being around the players um, that I've been that I've gotten like to know pretty well, and um, become close friends with. Well, that's so fantastic. You're working with Lynn, who does a great job, and I know you guys are all working hard to uh, to to make sure to spread the good word of the Vandals and get everyone uh, connected with tickets uh, for all of the games. I remember when we've chatted before on coaches' shows, you've said, I want to work in sports, and that's been something you've worked towards. How did the opportunity uh, at the University of Idaho all come together? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I reached out to uh, Matt Martin, who's no longer with us. He's a uh... He moved uh, back east with his family, and he got a job as a, a director um, for a university. But uh, I reached out to him early in the summer um, to see if there's anything open at the U of I or if he knew of any place that you know kind of was hiring or something like that, just so I could get my foot in the door in athletics. And um, at the moment, there was nothing. Um, but he reached out back to me uh, beginning of July. Um, telling me that Ty Graham was, you know, stepping down and taking another position at LCSC um, as the assistant uh, director or, yeah, assistant AD um, uh, marketing. And so I, I applied for the job and, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't have high, I mean, I, obviously I knew a bunch of people up here and a bunch of like the administrators like Derek and Lynn and Kyle, um, Tim, Tom, all of them. 
Um, and so I had, I, I had some good connections up here, which I felt like helped me along the way. Um, but yeah, that's how, that's how I kind of ended up here back at the University of Idaho. Well, that's so great. It is so fantastic to have you back on the Palouse. And for you, it's got to be so rewarding. And we'll start here that uh, you were part of that last season where it feels like things just turning around in such a big way for the program and one of the leaders on the team, anchor on the offensive line, making the playoffs. And I know when, when your eligibility expired, you wanted to see the team take another step forward and keep building and building. What's it been like to see what has happened in, in two sh- short years? You think back, I know we're just uh, wrapped up with the Eastern game and, and just such a different result from the last time the Vandals played in Cheney. Uh, how, how much are you swelling with pride what's going on with the program right now oh man i i mean i've the last two games i've i've been at both and the way they've ended it's just it's put a big smile on my face and honestly the love for the game has not gone away and so i get really really pumped up uh during those games and all the emotions are still there um but just seeing how hard these guys have worked uh throughout the summer um even when i was playing you know it just makes me really proud to see what they have accomplished like I, I, I go up to Nate or um Nate has a party, Jake Cox, Aiden Hatton, I'll see them all the time after the game and just tell them like like we've we've all been through so much in the last three years, four years. Um and I just tell them how proud I am of them and what they've accomplished and what they are continuing to accomplish and reaching reaching their goals and, and stuff like that. And it's just it, it it's different because now I see it from the outside in and it just it puts a big smile on my face just seeing how well they're doing. Well, those last two games that you touch on, it was really the O-line and the running game that, I mean, nearly 400 yards on the ground. Anthony Woods gets uh, five touchdowns. He gets over 200 yards rushing. That doesn't happen without an outstanding performance by the offensive line. You think back to the end of the Sacramento State game, it was the offensive line on the running game that, that put that game basically out of reach for Sacramento State that did such a great job. It was kind of a, we're going to run the ball. You prove that you can stop us. And the Hornets couldn't at the end. And you were shoulder to shoulder, really all those guys that... Uh, are either starters or who see significant time. Aiden Kanapik, you mentioned Nate Azapardi, Elijah Sanchez, Tagana Cisse, uh, Abe Christensen, Charlie Vleem. These are all your former teammates. Uh, what is it like seeing them? And, and what is there anything you can put your finger on this You know, great step forward as they continue to improve and, and add just another great uh, muscle to this offense, the way this line has been performing? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, games are won and lost in the trenches. Um, and the O-line... And I mean, shout out to the D line as well. Uh, they take a lot of pride in all that. Um, they love putting the team on their back uh, when it comes down to the wire. And just seeing that the way that they have performed on um, the O line, I mean, those are some insane numbers for a rushing r- rushing offense. You know, they've the, the game plan for these last two games were to, to run the ball and dominate the line of scrimmage, and I feel like that's definitely what they did. Um, and being a former O lineman and being with those guys the last year. Uh, or two. Um, I, I, I'm just proud of the entire line and what they've accomplished, and just seeing seeing them being how dominant they are. Um, they really deserve nothing but the best, and obviously that's shown. Just their their work ethic has has been amazing, and it's just it, it, it's good it's good to see it from the sideline, and you know, yeah. 
Well, and Anthony Woods gets five rushing touchdowns in that last game. That puts him all alone for the second most rushing touchdowns in a game when uh, in Vandal history, which is pretty remarkable. But the other time mm-hmm. was Roshan Johnson with six rushing touchdowns in a game in 2021 against Southern Utah. Of course, you were part of the program at that point. Uh, what do you remember about that performance? Oh, I just I, again, I just remember it was a it was a dominating performance by not only the O line but the D line as well. Um, that put us in that situation. Um, and, you know, there's no better feeling than when you're just running the rock up and down the field and there's no one can stop you. And it's just a dominating performance um, in the run game. And obviously that's that's kind of what we saw uh, last Saturday with uh, Woodsy going with five, five touchdowns. I mean, yeah, that, that's that's an amazing thing. And, we, I mean, not even that, but we had two running backs rush over 100 yards. Uh, Woodsy with 200, and then Nick Romano with 100, and I, I mean that's just that's just a crazy stat right there, uh, let alone. Um, and so I, I don't even remember the last time we've had that in Vandal history, but I mean it's it's amazing to see that. Yes, and it was. It was 2019 against Central Washington that there were two Vandals who had over. Uh, it was Andre Carter and Roshan Johnson mm-hmm. in that game, and I think against a Division One opponent, we uh, we dug that one up. I believe it was 2004 was the last time against a Division One opponent. Wow. Uh, so uh, really uh, remarkable, and uh, we've seen a lot from from Anthony Woods this year, and we've seen so many talented running backs. And you touched on Nick Romano; has been fantastic. Uh, but Woods, uh, as a freshman, something that Nick Romano did too, uh, made an impact. Could you tell uh, right away with Anthony Woods that uh, uh, this guy, uh, to put it mildly, he has some juice. He has some special special ability as a running back. Yeah, I mean he he has a vision that I've never seen any any running back have. He'll see back lengths he'll see uh whatever he needs to see as a running back and so that's that's special and i like i said that's i've never seen that in a running back um he can make anything happen he can he can run he can jump he can run through somebody like that, that an all-around running back and he's just he's a very dominant player um and as a freshman he was the same way and it's the future's bright for that kid and talking about this transition for you and now working uh, in the athletic department, but uh, I know that uh, it was a decision on your part. Uh, you didn't take part in the pro day that uh, you were such an outstanding vandal that there there was interest to see you take part in the pro day, but it was just a decision on your part to say, hey, uh, I kind of gave it all from, for football and now I'm ready to, to kind of get started with the next chapter. Is that is that a fair description of, uh, of your decision of, hey, there, there was potential interest to, to see you and to maybe have that chance to play beyond at Idaho, but uh, you were just ready for what was next. Uh, yeah, I would say that's a fair description. You know, I've had I had a lot of insight. I reached out to a lot of people and um, asked for asked for some guidance. And the main one was uh, Coach Sink, who was was our O line coach and OC for a good uh, three years of my time up here. And you know, I spent a lot of time with Coach Sink, and he knew me very well. Um, and when I called him on the phone, uh, he just he could just tell by the tone of my voice I was. Oh, I was I was done with football. You know, I I I had in myself just to feel like I'm okay with being done. Um, I was just I was just a little burnt out, and he could he could tell by that. And you know, that just that just shows how much he cared about us. Is he truly um, wanted to get to know us and be there for us? And so um, I, I'm still in contact with him, and he just he just kept telling me to make the best decision um, and the decision that I wanted to do. And I was kind of just part ways with football and, you know, get on, get on with my career and get on with life. 
Well, what a great way to wrap up your career, helping the Vandals reach the FCS playoffs. Of course, winning the Little Brown Stein. Uh, we could go on and on of those highlights from last year. And uh, what a great career you had and all those contributions you made uh, on the field. And now you're busy helping the Vandals as part of the athletic department. And before we let you loose, Logan, uh, so folks, uh, if they want to get their tickets, we, there's only three more home games left. What's your advice? And uh, I know you're going to be in contact with folks. Uh, what What's the best advice as far as getting tickets coming up, what folks need to do, and, and what you can help folks with as far as what your job is now? Yeah, uh, I mean, the easiest way to get tickets is just be online or um, reaching the ticket office. Uh, we got we got a bunch of great student workers. Uh, my boss, Lynn, is really good at her job. Um, and just contact us if you have any questions or concerns. Um, but, I mean, we'd love to help you purchase tickets online as well or via through the phone um it can sometimes get confusing online and i've heard that through a lot of people so we're trying to make that process a little bit a little bit more go a little bit more smoothly uh for them but i mean we got a lot of great games coming up we got the montana at home for homecoming uh by week and then we got montana state at home um so really some top top 20 games going on um in the big sky and so there's, there's definitely a lot of excitement so i encourage uh whoever's listening to get your tickets now uh, Montana games were filling up quickly, and so we uh, as well for uh, Montana State. I love it. Logan, again, it's so great to have you in Moscow and working with the athletic department. Thanks so much for the time today. And uh, the great thing is uh, we'll be seeing you soon. We'll be seeing you all the time, and all the Vandal fans as well, yeah. can uh, uh, they know where to find you. Exactly. I'm, I'm glad to be back. There's no better place than Moscow. Love it. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Yep, no problem. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you once again, not only to Logan Floyd, but all of our guests joining us here on this edition of the Vandal Insider Podcast. Chris Sylvester as well. Looking forward to heading down to the central coast of California this week as the number three Vandals take on Cal Poly. That is going to be a lot of fun. Fun. That has been a good way to describe Vandal football as of late last year and especially this year so far. Well, the Vandal Insider Podcast is presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. When he's not caring for the Vandals as team physician, orthopedic surgeon Dr. Kyle Hazelwood provides the same MVP orthopedic care to our entire region. At Inland Orthopedics, our team is your team. Keep an eye out for our next edition of the Vandal Insider Podcast next week. Got some exciting things cooking as far as future guests that we have lined up. We appreciate you tuning in. Remember, a lot of great ways to listen. We try to make it as easy as possible at govandals.com slash VIP. You can catch uh, not only the podcast, but coaches shows. Where are they now segments? They are all available there. And you can go to your favorite podcast platform as well. Amazon, Apple, Spotify, you name it. Just look up Vandal Insider Podcast. It's all right there. Well, this is Chris King signing off for this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in and V's up. This has been the Vandal Insider Podcast presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. Get the latest information on University of Idaho athletics you won't find anywhere else with the Vandal Insider Podcast. From in-depth conversations to game previews, the Vandal Insider is every fan's source for all things Idaho athletics.